It's the host of the radio show, Dr. Drew Midday Live, Dr. Drew Pinsky. His wit's so dry, he never needs antiperspirant. Writer and comedian David Angelo. She never holds back and loves to wisecrack. Host of Sincerely Cat on Fox Nation, Catherine Tipp. He caused Osama lots of trauma. In for Tyrus, who's filming a movie, nor- former Navy SEAL who killed Bin Laden. I already said that. Rob O'Neill! All right. So... Rob, you're in for the big man, uh, and you have some kind of connection to this yep. A block. Are you worried that this dog will get a swollen head and want a TV career? I can't wait to read the dog's book. I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, eventually he's going to write it. Um, the thing, though, about the Washington Post, though, is I'm waiting for the headline that says Adolf Hitler, co-founder of Volkswagen, would be 120 years old today. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Or something like that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like the only thing more insulting than calling... Uh, uh, Baghdadi, um, an, an austere Islamic scholar, is calling the Washington Post an actual newspaper. It's just a shame that it's come this far that we hate the president so much. Yeah. Th- th- calling him an austere Islamic scholar should be an, an insult to Muslims everywhere. That's true. Because this guy's a terrorist. We should agree that someone who burns people alive in cages, who mm-hmm. rapes and murders, who drowns people, like, who roasts people, stuff like this is a terrorist. How can you be so judgmental? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I is this how far we've gone? He's Islamophobic, I think. Yeah, he's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm in a safe space. Say, keep I your bigotry to yourself. Yeah, it's making me sick to my stomach. Hey, Dr. Drew, yeah. um, I came up with a new illness. Um, you know what anhedonia is? Anhedonia, absolutely. That is an inability to feel pleasure, yes, right? Yes, you, you painted the picture of the press and... They have Trump anhedonia. They seem to have Trump anhedonia. Not to be confused with the Trump derangement syndrome. Yes, it's, it's different. different. It's a little different. Yes. It's the inability to see anything joyous or positive in anything. Right. Like, they say Woody Allen has anhedonia. Yes. Seems very, or, but I think they've sort he of... He has other things, too. <laughs> well, is that? They, 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 I think you've sort of flipped into psychotic depression, though, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's some delusional stuff going on, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anhedonia... Donnie, you got it. I think yes. you're right. Yeah. How do you feel about the dog? You feel pretty good about it. Isn't it great? Do. It's a hero dog. Uh, it is a hero dog. I feel great about it. But if the White House doesn't adopt the dog, yes. which he needs to do, yes. you, sir, should adopt the dog. Yes, exactly. You know, I, I said that on the five, and, and I, I, okay, the best thing about this is he's going to have the dog come to the White House, and you know he's going to put a medal on the dog, oh, yeah. and it's going to drive that. They're going to go, oh, my God, the meme fulfilled itself. Build a meme, build a meme, and it will come. David, what are your thoughts on this glorious week? Oh, it's been a wild week. It has been. The media, again, they're outdoing themselves. Yes. Although I have to, you know, I have to respect it. They're probably upset um, you know, he killed Baghdadi right when he got his MSNBC contributor contract. <laughs> so they lost one of their best, you know. <laughs> they're shorthanded this week, Greg. Yes, so. yes, yes. What can you do? I uh, know. Do you have another one? <laughs> I always like to, I always see you thinking you might have another joke loaded in the chamber that you're ready to shoot out, but maybe not. Well, now that the stakes couldn't be higher for me to have a joke. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. the dog thing is funny, though, because it's like, it's so obviously a Photoshop. There's one photo of the dog out there. Yes. And then the photo with Trump, it's the same exact dog. And the people in the New York Times are like, oh, we, we need to get our best, get our best guys. Is Woodward and Bernstein still working? Yes. Get, get them on this case here. 
It's Canine Gate, Greg. Pat. I have an idea. To sa- I have an idea to save save time. When we get a picture of the dog at the White House, maybe we can Photoshop in the Golden State Warriors and the women's soccer team. <laughs> Nicely done. All right, Cat. I'm just saving dead air there. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Cat. Uh, uh, last word to you. Uh, uh, thoughts on the dog? Thoughts on the week? Thoughts on America? Yeah, I mean, I used to really push back against people who compared Trump to Hitler. Yeah. Then I saw he posted a meme that made it look like a dog was in a place where the dog wasn't. Yes, I know. And, like, do you even know how dangerous that is? We still don't know how many children die. Yes. Like, and I'm obviously joking, but the thing is, the people who made a big deal out of this clearly photoshopped photo Mm -hmm. are the same people who do say that Trump is dangerous. Right. And it's like, okay, if posting a clearly photoshopped picture was a high crime and misdemeanor, there'd be a lot of Instagram models out there in a lot of trouble. Okay. That's true. For one thing. But it just makes no sense to me because if I really thought that somebody was a horrendous monster, Mm -hmm. then I'd probably not be spending my time and resources going after their memes. Yeah. I would think that there were bigger things to deal with. So their words say Trump is so dangerous. Their words say, oh, everyone's going to die. But their actions show that they can't really actually believe that because they would have other things to focus on than a clearly photoshopped photo of a dog. Yes. (laughs) Although I will say this. Well done. We're still not sure about that dog's past. I bet, I bet... It's a she, right? It's a she. I bet she urinated in public a number of times. <laughs> you know, uh, and one, one last point before we move on. If this raid had been a failure, the story would have been blasted on the networks oh, yeah. all year. So yeah. think about that. Think about the other side, what they would have done. Up next, millennials embracing communism. I guess that beats Maroon 5. <laughs> Millions are dead, yet they still see red. A new survey finds that 70% of American millennials are likely to vote socialist. And a third of them view communism favorably. Probably Bryce. (laughs) The two systems of government that killed millions are the ones our youngest voters think are awesome. Why? You got me. I guess you could blame the New York Times and the way they worship the day Karl Marx was born. But that's easy. Maybe it's on us. The Berlin Wall fell 30 years ago, almost to the day, November 9th, when the youth of 1989 grabbed their their chisels and started chopping away. Now, it's not the millennials' fault they weren't born yet to witness it. It's our fault for not teaching them about it and what that moment meant. An end to the Soviet socialist bloc, no more Cold War, freedom for millions in Eastern Europe, who all became David Hasselhoff fans. (laughs) Somehow. There's always a downside to this stuff. Anyway, the point is, there's going to be a hell of a party at the Brandenburg Gate next week to celebrate freedom and the day socialism died. Because socialism isn't awesome, dear millennials. But you know what is? This. Show us who you really are. Only in America. Maybe we should have communism. <laughs> My God. Kat, you are a millennial, although we don't know for blah, sure. Blah, blah, blah. I'm 40, blah, blah, blah. Kat, <laughs> uh, okay, go ahead. Yes, but you're not a socialist. So how did you escape the clutches? I just don't get how anyone could be. I've never looked at the government and been like, you know what? 
I want them making all my choices. Mm -hmm. I've never looked at the money that I've made for myself and been like, I don't think I know how to spend this the best. Yes. I think some stranger in D.C. should be do that for me. I have a lot of nuanced views on a lot of different things. Really? But if somebody comes up to me and is like, hey, we would like to take all of your money Mm -hmm. so that we can use it to implement a system that has never worked and that will end up at best with you having to wait in line for toilet paper and at worst killing you? Yeah. That's going to be a hard no. And like and you say you say that it's the, the fault of the previous generation for not teaching us, but it's not. We have the internet, okay? Yeah. Google Yes. Google it. You know, do a little research because this is a serious, dangerous thing. Uh, it's, you, you have to get educated. You, you don't have resentment. I feel like there's a lot of resentment in millennials, and this is a way of sort of acting out their resentment. You know what I'm saying? I have resentment, but I've, like, solved it in other ways. No, that's all your old, that's all your old boyfriends. Yeah. You're resentful of the old boyfriends. Yeah. I understand that. I know you got some notes for the teen moms and stuff. Yeah, I but, do. But, but resentment against the man, against people that make more money than you, you don't have that. And it feels like this is some sort of frustration that they're acting out. I've, I've, and they're all reared on this at the, at the utter of the post-structuralist world. Right. Where there are no facts. They don't read the Gulag Archipelagos. Yes. They're not ex- exposed to these things. So... There's no history. There's no facts. Let's just spread the money. You know what they are? They're going to Soviet U. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I should just stay here by myself and do the show on my own. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I love these people. Nothing like being appreciated. (laughs) I was joking. So, David, does this poll worry you about 2020 at all? About the election? Well, because everyone likes communism. (laughs) Yes. A, a little bit, but I think uh, people, I, I, I don't know. I, I think the majority of the country understands that that's not the right way to go. Right. But it always blows my mind, though, because it's like you have Bernie Sanders here in New York, and he's got 25,000 people. Yeah. And New Yorkers are always like, they pride themselves on how like street smart and yeah. savvy they are. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're like, you can't, you can't put one over on us. <laughs> and then Bernie Sanders is like, Okay, we're going to have free health care. I'm going to pay all your bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, we love it. Can you sell us this bridge? What, what more can you give us, Bernie? He's just going full infomercial. Yo, know, it's true because the, uh, the, the people that embrace Bernie Sanders also see themselves as intellectuals. Yeah. And they, they are completely blind to common sense, Rob. Uh, shouldn't we just let him have it? The common sense is this. Today they said Elizabeth Warren's thing would cost $52 trillion. Now, I put myself in Navy terms, and I tell my sailors this. Here's how much $1 trillion is. If you went to a gentleman's club and made it rain $1 every <laughs> second, it would take you 31,688 years to get a trillion, and that's an old-ass stripper. Right yeah. there. <laughs> That's now, one trillion. You know, if you were a math teacher. Not that teacher, there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> you know, if you were a math teacher, Rob, I have a feeling you'd have a lot of happy students. <laughs> you put it in the kind of language that everybody would understand or complain but about. But the way that I put it, I've dealt with the VA for healthcare, And if you yeah. want to talk about government-run health care, describe to me your best day at the DMV. Yeah. That's government-run right. anything. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need socialized uh, medicine either. I had Drew give me a full checkup backstage. So. <laughs> That was after Greg, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I still have your boxers. Yeah. I'm good for six months. <laughs> I just hate that he recycles the gloves. <laughs> I didn't use them on David. I just all, you gotta, them. all you gotta do is turn them inside out. They just taste a little different. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> Keeping that one this in. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. All right, up next. How much do Americans spend on their pets' costumes? Oh. Well, it's still Halloween somewhere, so this matters. <laughs> The economy must really be good if your cat's dressed like Red Riding Hood. That is sexy and disgusting. The National Retail Federation, or NERF, says Americans spent a half billion dollars on Halloween costumes for their pets, which is more than double what I spend on leather. In other words, Americans have enough disposable income to drop 25 bucks on a costume that, frankly, your animal hates. And deep down, you know they hate it. I mean, look at these poor things. Look at that. Case closed. But you got the money, so who cares? This should be a key economic indicator, shouldn't it? Like the Dow Industrials. How about the crap our pets don't need, but we bought anyway indexed? Bottom line, the only pet who ever liked his Halloween costume was my dog, Chuck, because he's a serial killer. Right, Chuck? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Oh, my God. Sometimes. Sometimes, Dave, the world just gives you wonderful things. Um... Do you have any pets? Do you dress them up? Yeah, I did. I dressed my dog up uh, as a journalist, actually. (laughs) I I put a little Hillary T-shirt on and and then a paper bag over his head. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. Uh, Rob, do you got a pet? I do not have any pets, no, but I did dress for Halloween as a socialist, which means I sat on my fat ass, yelled at Twitter, and when everyone else was gone, I stole their candy. Cat, <laughs> <laughs> you actually have a cat. I sure do. Do you have any pictures? I do have pictures, but nobody asked me for them. I have many pictures. Oh, well, it's I thought all you... that I do. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't have a picture now. I mean, I. <laughs> I got so many pictures. Listen, you dress up your cat? Okay, listen. He hates costumes, but I would be lying if I said I had not put a top hat on him oh. as recently as a few weeks ago. Uh, and also, if I said I didn't have a full Uncle Sam costume <laughs> and a lion's mane that I needed because yeah. I had to put it on him when I had to make a video swaying him back and forth to We Are the Champions. Um, <laughs> it's all very normal. But listen, he hates it when I put the top hat on him. He actually went up at, like at the little rung under the table and was trying to rip it off of his head. He was so miserable. But I do not feel bad because I live by a certain set of rules. What? One of them is if I've ever had to clean up your vomit, I get to put whatever I want on your head. Oh. And that is true of my cat. That's also true of my ex-best friend from college. Yes. We do not, we do not talk anymore. She's now married with kids. However, if I ever randomly show up at your house with a fedora, you still owe me. Yes. That's a good rule. So if you've ever had to clean up somebody's vomit, you can you put, a put a hat on them. So that means kill me. <laughs> I guess the whole I guess the whole morning uh, FNC. A lot of vomit coming out of that end. Um, Dr. Drew. Half a billion dollars. That's where we could get some of the healthcare expenses. Exactly. Right there. What else Half was a- I supposed to put on my the We're the Champions video would not have been the same. 
without <laughs> I have an idea. Okay, so this is how absurd Halloween has become, Doctor. Yes. First it was for the kids, then yeah. it was for the lawn, then it moved to adults, now it's the pets. It's yeah. like, what is the next step? And I was thinking, costumes for convicts, right? So the prisoners on Halloween get to dress up and they can trick or treat other cells. The only difference is they're happy when they get razor blades. <laughs> oh. Yeah, sharp instruments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Thank you. Yeah. Came up with that one on the. Uh, <laughs> but the fact the... that we treat animals as humans, they're more dignified than that. Until I watch that video you played, then I've, I've completely turned around. I'm all into it. But it's good. This is what. This is what America is about. This is an economic indicator. I, I it, totally agree with you. Yeah. It absolutely must be. Yeah. It has to be. We have too much excess income right now. Yeah, exactly. We need, a- we need a socialist to correct our economy so we aren't spending money on little pets' outfits. That's it. Look at that. Captain Crunch? That is not a costume. Captain <laughs> These dogs have no idea what's going on. There's no, by the way, where's the consent? (laughs) Where's the consent? The Uh, golden rule of vomit, Greg. Come on. Yeah, but you know what? This is species appropriation. (laughs) Animals dressing up as humans, it's perverse. What if you mistakenly think it's a human and one thing leads to another? I don't know. Can that that work in a court of law? I don't know. You haven't lived (laughs) until you've had a bowl of dog. Yeah. I don't even he know. He was dressed as Captain Crunch. This is off. This isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Drew, David Angelo, Cat Tip, Rob O'Neill, and our lovely, amazing studio audience. I'm Greg Gutfeld, and I love you, America. <laughs> 